0: Let me say that the political cunk I would like the political behavior. This is the news made us do this podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class. We in are not black white. One podcast at a time, discussing all things, all things,
1: all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yep. right now, yep. this is predominantly a problem. Of young black teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hello. yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, bro, man. Man. How are you, bro? I'm all good, my guy, man. How are you? Yeah, I give thanks to God. All good, all good. Healthy. Feeling strong. I'm feeling stronger than I did yesterday. Shout out to Jay Huss. <laughs> well did J coming out of a new take? no? Not, not yet, you know he's not he's he's he's, he's coming, but he's, he's not really he's not arrived yet, so we have to we have to wait and yeah. see how how this kind of um hands up, as you say, you know yeah. but yeah, he's I'm, not, um, he's not giving us no. he's not giving us anything yet, but yeah you know, you know like he went through a phase of tweets where he was just saying, "Are you stronger than you were yesterday?" You yes. Know? You know what I mean? Uh, And that's uh, the basic principle. And then compounding that, boy, every day we're stronger than we were yesterday. Again,
0: let's go. That's it. That's it. That's the goal, bro. That's the goal, man. That's the goal. Because you just got me on a tangent now that you said that. Because there's a quote that I definitely always live by. And it's like, comparison is a thief of joy. And you should only compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not anybody else in this world. Because, bro, the variables of like the outcomes of people's lives and whatever, whatever, are like, there's so many minuscule things that can change your life from someone else's. I don't, it doesn't matter if you both grew up on council estates. Someone can have Jordans because their auntie who works for JD, for example, can give them a discount on Jordans or whatever. So now you're going to be upset because someone are the latest trainers and you ain't got them and stuff like that. Mm -mm. Someone can have, you know uh 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 but there's just like yeah they just oh, that the, the yeah. comparisons of people that's the basic yeah. the bottom line of
1: it. And, and and it's and it's one of those things where I guess culturally like like there's proverbs, there's lessons that are that are taught and handed down within when when community is established. Because human beings are vulnerable to these kind of things. It's not like yeah. someone's come and they've just been bought they just wanna compare and and make themselves sad. Likely, they've been inspired by what they've seen, and they've not, and they don't have the right um, kind of like, they don't have the right um, route to configure what they're feeling. And instead, they're just saying, "Oh, how come that? I haven't got that?" <laughs> As opposed to, first of all, appreciation, second, acknowledgement, third, how do I really want to attain that? And if so, how can I attain it? <laughs> exactly. do you know what exactly. I mean. And obviously, exactly. it's not like we're naturally born with that process in mind. So something that, yeah, that is passed down usually through community, culture and family. Of course. And then, um, yeah, but one thing you can do is say to yourself, am I stronger than I was yesterday?
0: That's it. That's it.
1: You know. But yeah, man, the podcast, we grow growing stronger with each episode. So... yeah. Yeah, but those are the kind of metrics as opposed to getting caught up in, um, in the, kind of, the kind of conversation that's going around in social media these days about black men having microphones and podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. And I hear the conversation, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I think there's a wider conversation to be had in regard to the podcast that us as a community seem to like... Propelled to the top, um, uh, uh, in terms of like you know popularity and stuff like that, because yeah. you know, it just seems to be a certain type of you know. We how many I saw a tweet saying like how many conversations can we have about who pays on the first date yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, bro, how many conversations can we have? Surely gets to a point where we've clocked. Like yes. Like, everyone can have a difference of opinion. Some people are going to pay the first take, some people aren't. And let's just keep it moving, bro. It but it is what it is, man. But we're, we're just going to try, we're just trying to give you a, lot a perspective on the systems that we live in from the perspective of two young black Brits. And that's, 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 our, that's our lane, that's our bag.
1: That's the bag there. We're going deep in it. Word to my bro, with Ricky Queens. Deep, deep in the bag. Hey. Deep in our bag. And yeah, man, like one one thing that I've seen um in the recently is that um pretty patel's one of pretty patel's one of Pretty Patel's many horrid policies have uh. been have been stopped in their track by the high court, which is why it's also important to be vigilant and stop the Tories from trying to remove their powers too, which is what they trying to do in a weird way. But High Court pretty much ruled that clause nine in the Immigration and Borders Act to be unlawful. And therefore, I believe that um, at this time is a, the, there is a standstill on that clause on being able to remove people's citizenship without any prior warning, without any prior notification. And um and 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 yeah, like just amongst, and obviously this is all being built upon the Wind Rush scandal as well which is why it's very, very evident to why the community in Britain especially is quite vigilant and, is, and feels extremely at threat from this direct attack. It's not an indirect attack. It's a direct attack. Direct. It's yeah. direct. I mean, we've seen Windrush. The reason it was a scandal is because that was unlawful. What was, doing was unlawful and illegal has led to her office having forked out over 45 million pounds in, in pretty much, um, yeah, in pretty much in settlements just due to how illegal and inhumane she is. And it begs for me to ask, like, why, why so heavily she targets, she's targeting the black community, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I understand that she kind of um, has married out of her community and chosen to kind of identify herself as, as this kind of like thoroughbred British Thatcherite, conservative, mm. strong leader who has no interest in facilitating the quote-unquote groveling of the working class and the poor, and would rather instead cater to adding some diamond stones into not the silver spoon but a golden spoon of the of the wealthy in Britain. I know, I know that that's the side that she's chosen. Right? We, it's evident, you know, we, we, we can see it. But her, her, her rampant assault using, her, using policy to, to attack black, to attack members of the black community, to me, is even more bizarre. It's, like, it's like, wow, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was quite good to see
0: that, that, quote, yeah, like that, that, yeah. that um, yeah, well, we've spoken about, I know we've spoken about this in length and I can't remember what episode it was, but like one of our previous episodes, but that law it should have never been passed or never been even written, to be honest with you, Rav. Um And, you know, thank God we live in a country that has uh, uh courts that can overrule on these kind of things. Now, obviously, I think the government are going to appeal it. Um but, and, and again, and, you know, we usually, once a court overrules on something like this, this is when we need the, 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 uh, the, what do they call the, no, it's not the secret, but like the other arm of democracy where the media should come in and stamp down on, yes, this is a good ruling because it is a good exactly. ruling. This is one of the most racist laws that we've seen from this government. Like, and they've come out of a lot of nonsense in the in, in the last 12, 13 years, wherever they've been in power for. But this law in particular, because this law does not affect anybody that is not black or brown, like, hands down. It doesn't affect anybody that's not black or brown. I don't, I don't care who you are, because, bro, there's people in this country from other parts of Europe, not necessarily even English, but other parts of Europe who have... You know, whose families moved here, gener- maybe a couple of generations ago, and who've anglicised their names and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna move. You're not gonna move, man, like Peter uh, 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 Gonzalez back to Spain, or, or 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 man like Mike Kowalski from Poland back to Poland. You're gonna, you're not because they are amongst British society now, bruv, They're in it. Like, fam, the bloody Boris Johnson's grandfather, great grandfather, is Turkish, no? Like, it's
1: mad to send them you know yeah, and yeah it's, it, it, it is it, it is it, it's, it's, it's mad it's ridiculous and like you said the media should definitely be making more of a yeah making more shed more awareness on this as as it is, mm-hmm. is, is it outrageous it's outrageous racist racist laws as you, as you quite rightly said so um so yeah that that's been that's been quite a good win in terms of the the justice system recognizing, still posing the abilities to recognize injustice. And what makes it even more startling is that all of this comes on the back of information and evidence being released that black and brown people have been targeted by police unfairly historically in Britain. So those people that have not only suffered unfair targeting and unfair Sentencing and persecution by the kind of um, police and arm of the state will now, through those unfair rulings, then again get another punishment for it through the kind of through immigration, through the immigration arm of the state. Having even though the police have publicly published that they cannot find the metropolitan police to not be systemically racist, you know, so. It's, it's, it's like trying to build, yeah, they're building on this mad fickle foundation. And, and, and yeah, it all does cover Because you can't say that, oh, this person's got criminal record, so they've got a goal, but then not look at how the criminal record was achieved through systemic racism. Like, let's be real, that's just adding salt to injury, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, man. So it's, it's good to see that the court's, Oh, I kind of oh yeah, against against such a mad policy in the first place, you know. Yeah. It's what absolute mean? bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, what what, um, what what else has really been kind of like in the news and not really in the news or in the news and in the news? That's what I'm Um, mentioning.
0: Uh. What else has been in the news recently? Obviously, we know that, you know, there are now, um, uh, I don't know the MP's name, but there's now been an investigation into the lockdown raves at number 10. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, see. What, see, what, what's the name C. Gray?
0: Yes, Sue Gray, I think. Yeah, Sue Gray, I think that's the name. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Into... Uh, the lockdown raves into number 10, and now the police have said that they're going to actually investigate. So, you know, watch your space. As soon as, you know, something breaks where we find out that they're actually going to question the prime minister and stuff, I'm sure we'll get back to you guys on that. But at this stage, yeah, they're they're now investigating, which is a big thing, because if they come back and the investigation, the the results of that investigation should come back on Monday, apparently. So if they come back Monday and say, oh, there's no parties... Boy, (laughs) we'll see again. We'll see what happens, and we'll see if we just this just gets brushed under the rug, and we just keep it moving, or like how politics usually works, they'll just put something else out there to distract us from this story. Um, I my my best my best my best bet is probably uh the 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 conflict happening between Ukraine and Russia at the moment. I can see that being uh escalated, um. Uh, to, to distract us from the things going on now. Uh, yeah, so watch this space. Watch this space.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting, like, the developments. Like, it is very, very... It's interesting to see how the Conservative MPs are standing behind Boris and using Sue. They know the party's on ahead. And they're just trying to use this time now to find a way to get out of it. So, yes. like, we won't be surprised when we see them escalate the Ukraine-Russia um, tension to drive fear into the common British, British public and then hopefully be still up a distraction to prevent it from being properly, properly scrutinised and, 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 and addressed. You know? Yeah. But yeah, politics I guess right now what we're seeing is in British politics particularly is this kind of this dare to reality of these these adults that are, you know, forty plus that are really into their self interest, greed, self serving policies and they're not and that is really in an unfit state. This is definitely not the prime of, of the age of politics or democracy. This is, this is definitely a time of a stain, if anything, you know.
0: A decline. It's a real decline, bro. Honestly, I think this is the worst. No, there's been some shit states, but right. in our lifetime, this is one of the worst states that this, this democracy has been in, bro, I'll be honest with you. With all the madness, like from Brexit to to obviously the handling of COVID. Yeah man. This shit's just it's just been nonsense how this shit's been handled.
1: It's just been Mickey Mouse. But um oh, it's 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 been a it's been an interesting time as well for in terms of the black the wider black community, including like just over here in the UK and I'll say the um black diaspora community, UK and in the US in in a way where there's been a lot more, kind of like political conversation and activity, I guess, is has has become more digitalized and vocalized of of recent over these lockdowns. I guess, through mediums like Clubhouse, through Twitter's new use of spaces, you know, conversations are are, are kind of being had globally over interesting topics that that people that you know we wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't even think would be going on in terms of the fragmentation within the conversation. Mm. Uh, you
0: know? Yeah. I remember you... So, you mentioned this. So, what was the discussion that you were listening to that brought up?
1: So, I uh, stumbled across a space on, um, on Twitter that was kind of headed up by a guy called T- Tariq Nishad. And then... Um, he pretty much um, him and a few other, quite a few other people are part of um, uh, a, a group called foundational, foundational like Black Association, I believe. And um, th- they kind of their kind of views on the kind of state of kind of like African people and in themselves as African American. It's kind of similar to the relationship that British people have with European whites in that they were pretty much saying that Eastern Europeans are stealing our jobs that African Americans from this kind this group of fBA are in a way kind of yeah saying that Africans are coming over to America and stealing the jobs that should be available to African Americans. And bear in mind, a lot of Africans that do go over to America and get, and the kind of jobs that are in questions are kind of like jobs like being a lawyer, being a space engineer, being a doctor, a, 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 a surgeon, being, you know, like the kind of specialist jobs that require years of training and skill to take on. And, and yeah, that's kind of like where I got where I got to. So I I checked him briefly. It was a space that's gone on for quite a quite a while. I checked him briefly. However, I, I did stumble across um a Lady called and a Nigerian lady Kokalecci who's based in the UK, who put forward an argument just um explaining to Tariq that um the opportunities that would and should be available readily available in the in the Southern Hemisphere 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 continent of Africa have been kind of like raped, ravaged, and repossessed by a colonial west of Europe, yeah. and then um, and export and extracted from African countries and exported over to these these Western colonial powers, which is why, which is which is a reason why a lot of expats from from Africa have chosen to be reside. In places like America, in Britain, and and yeah, and kind of re-access those resources, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah like what, what, what? How, how, how? Kind of like, do you feel about that kind of, like, those kind
0: of? Well, no, bro, well, um, I know, and I know you were talking about is Collette Akwafu. I think her name is. Uh, she has a podcast called "Say Your Mind," which is pretty dope. Um, yeah, but in regards to that discussion, what she's saying is hundred percent true, bro. The world that we live in, like, oh gosh, this honestly, this can go forever. But essentially, we now live in a we now live in a world where if you want to have access to wealth, generally you have to have you have to leave. For most people, like our families, had to up and leave their beautiful countries to move to places like here, America, Germany, etc. For for, to to um, accumulate wealth. Now, in regards to things like you know, um, uh, like just in regards to like the the jobs that you know you refer to and stuff. It's such a mad thing when you think, yeah, that somewhere like Nigeria, for example, apparently there's more Nigerian doctors in America than there is in Nigeria today. Do you know how mad that is, bro? Yeah, for a country like Nigeria. That is, let's be be honest, probably the most ambitious country on the continent of Africa and the people that come from it is like always focused on excellence and stuff. And most of these people, brilliant people, leave the country of Nigeria that has many problems that if they were to stay and, and help develop the country, bro, Nigeria will be gone these guys up and leave and then again i'm not even blaming them we're not saying up and leave and they go to places like america or the uk and stuff and that's their fault because we care because for, unfortunately the infrastructure is not there to adequately adequately pay them enough to also build their lives um, unless you know they do they come from a rich family and their families can build them a hospital or something like some private hospital that only like politicians and that go to but generally they're not going to make enough money to what the, what I was saying to you offline, off air, uh, but, uh, to pursue um, happiness. But what you're getting nowadays though, there's been a change, and I've seen it in the last couple of years where you are getting people coming back to the continent now and not necessarily giving the continent their best years, but they're giving them a, like some of their years before retirement or even some of the years after retirement to try and make up, I guess, for the years that they were gone. Again, it's all beneficial. We'll take all of it. What we want, what a utopia would be, where you're seeing young Nigerians, Ghanaians, Rwandans, uh, Congolese, doctors, engineers, and stuff, stay in these countries and pursue their careers in these countries. But obviously, industry and infrastructure and 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 finances is a big is a big part of to, as to why these people don't do that. Now, to go back to what you were talking, the discussion, the initial discussion with the AF. The AFP, the uh, what's this stand for again? No, F FBA, sorry, Foundational Black Cat Americans or something like that. Yeah, now that's the uh, that's a uh, it's a it's a group that I've come across before when um uh what's that what's that Clubhouse and stuff was really popping last year and stuff, and baffled me, bro. It did baffle me, but I took a step back and I thought to myself, bro, this is just another form of xenophobia it happens in South Africa where Nigerians and Ghanaians and other people from Africa were moving to, were moving there to seek employment and the black South Africans were, were angry and annoyed because it's like they're taking jobs that they basically thought they should be having, again, low paying, menial labor jobs. It's not like they were coming there and they were taking like high paying positions like doctors and lawyers and stuff. They were taking low paid menial labor jobs. That's in South Africa. But obviously in, in places like America is a very different thing where if you look at the average African American compared to the Af- the average African migrant, let's say the Nigerian community in America, the Nigerian community in America are thriving. Uh, there's there's no ifs or buts about it. they are fr- they are a thriving community, like very very educational focus. Um, uh, <laughs> so like you know in terms of uh, um, bachelor's degrees and master's degrees, they have that in a bundle, in in a literally like in a bundle compared to their African-American counterparts. So African-Americans obviously probably feel a bit left behind in that regard. But then also one of their, one of their, um, their things that they, they, they're really passionate about, this FBA group, again, the Foundation of Black Americans, is that if, or in the conversation in regards to reparations, um, no one else should benefit, but those who are the direct descendants of African-American slaves. Now that part of the argument, I actually do understand and I can agree with. I do. I, I don't necessarily believe a a a um a family from the continent of Africa who migrated to America by their own choice to set up a life should benefit from again these would be reparations if they ever come. Uh, benefit over any African American, obviously. I don't, Again, I don't know how this system would work, how they would have to prove that, you know, they are quote-unquote true African-Americans. Because obviously what you get is mixed and you get people that, one, maybe their parent might be African-American and their other parent might be straight from the continent of Africa and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know how that necessarily works in that kind of way. But um, But that division is not helpful for us at all, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful at all. And these FBA people really need to, like... Like they, they need to stop now, bruv, because ultimately the issues that they're facing are the same issues that led the Nigerian family from Nigeria to come over to America. And and, and the reason why you know with discussion we you had off air, why even though, you know, you and I are technically in the one percent of um of people in the world in regards to like I don't know, wealth or wealth of money or whatever it was, even though we grew up in, you know, council homes, uh, 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 free school meals, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, it's the same power structure that has put us all in this sort of situation, you know?
1: Exactly. And, um, yeah, it's the same power structure that has put us all in this situation. And here we are. And it's not about necessarily feeling guilt, but it's about acknowledgement and proper understanding of of history I guess, so you can really understand where the special circumstances we're in is like has become like this and how to take then take the reins and where even the reins are positioned so that one can position themselves to take the rein of their future and position themselves in a better place in, a, in, for, in the in in the present and in the future. At the end the day I definitely recommend for people to go out there and then um, look at a book called How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. It's written by Walter Rodney and there's a, a forward by Ange- Angela-, Angela Davis as well. Yeah. Um, it's very important to see that it's not just the efforts of colonialism alone that has led Africa to not be as developed as it should be. It is the purposeful actions, actions of intent by these colonial powers to leave and render Africa and African countries in a state of dependency, in a state where their their resources are being mismanaged, in a state where, where, during the pursuit of structure and process, there have been direct actions that have led to those structures being sabotaged, whether that's been through espionage and whether that's um, been achieved through economically or whether that's been achieved through, you know, bribery. I I, I wouldn't put past all methods and more being put to use to purposely underdevelop Africa. But to find out more, definitely get hold of that book and clue yourself up on a perspective, as well as facts, which will, you know, help to paint that overall picture. I myself have recently purchased that on Audible. And then, um, and yeah, like, to touch back on that, the fact that we are, just by being children of the empire, being born and raised in Britain, how that kind of automatically puts us in this bracket of being in in, in top one percent. Yeah, so in being part of that one percent, it's important to recognise that this special position and how our actions then have a wider, react, a wider kind of consequence for the black experience. Like it, when we're fighting for certain civil liberties, certain rights here, are we doing it with in mind, keeping in mind, are we doing it keeping in mind that the black experience globally is kind of at at stake here, first of all, and the fact that being in a place like Britain gives us opportunity to influence more of what's happening because Britain is a main actor, in in what's happening in the world are we recognizing that and aiming to utilize that to promote a better position for ourselves globally and our native continent and and if we're not is that because we're purposely being made to disconnect from africa you know as kids of of the empire you know and it is interesting Interesting conversation, really. You know,
0: well I, well, I would have to say, yeah, that 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 active disconnection is, is 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 systemic. You know, from when we were children, when it was like, you know, well, obviously our experience is a bit different because we are African and we are like our parents came from the continent, and we're f- you know we're the first people in our family to be born outside of the continent. Um, but you know, whether it was from, you know. African boo-boo scratch, scratcher jokes to laughing at our African-sounding names to, you know, even lo- laughing at our our bone structure, our Afro- African phenotypes with our broad noses and thick lips and all that kind of stuff. Again, years ago, now these things are like sought after and people are paying top dollar to look more like that. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a systemic thing. And, you know, I've mentioned on a previous podcast that I definitely feel that there's a paradigm shift, especially amongst those whose families aren't directly from the continent, but realising that wherever they are, they are African first. So whether you're Caribbean, you're African Caribbean. If you're Latino, you're African Latino, you're American, you're African American, you know, like they're starting to realise that, right? Like that African thing, it really is a thing. And, you know, undeniably... Social media and the internet, and I've always believed this, bro. I've really always believed that the internet was created to emancipate black people, bro. Like, I need to, re- I need to, like, think of that deeper and think what I really mean. But I've really felt like the internet is like a tool to really, like, not only um uh uh enslave not enslave um break the enslavement of our minds, but also like you know all the wealth and stuff that we can all create from it and stuff, but yeah, you know, and again, not only from, like, I'm not going to talk about people going to Nigeria, Ghana or Nigeria in December to do Detti December and stuff like that, but just generally, that people holiday in there and just go in there to take, you know, there's a, there's a thing in the in the, uh, I've spoken about this before in the Jewish community called um, oh gosh, no, I need to get the name of it. Uh, it is a thing that is funded. I don't know if it's funded by Israel or funded by some sort of like group in Israel. Uh, coming, but it's basically where if you have Jewish, uh, oh, I don't know what the name is, it's like rite of passage or something, find my way or something like that, something like that. But anyway, if you have Jewish heritage, like you get like a, a, a subsidized all think all expenses paid for trip back to israel this is anybody has jewish heri- heritage heritage i it doesn't have to be like both parents like one of your parents can be jewish and you get um, a subsidized trip back to israel and i think like that the concept of that is so dope and it's like incredible and i i really feel like it's something that could potentially happen particularly i think african americans and obviously African-Caribbeans and and, and, and Afro- Afro-Brazilians and everyone else, you know those people outside of the continent who, if they ever wanted to go back to the continent, would have a trip subsidised by their governments. Because as far as I'm concerned, the American government owes African-Americans hella trips. Mm-hmm. If they want to go anytime they should, be, they should have a trip every year for free to go back to the continent. Brave, hella trips, but obviously we know how this thing works. They would just get gaslighted and stuff like, "Oh, what? What are you talking about? Like, we've paid our debts to you guys and all this nonsense." But um, yeah, but yeah, but to answer the question in short, really, I definitely think there's been active, there's been a a a a a a fight to actively disconnect us from our Africanness, and you know, I just think about yeah, you know, the position that we find ourselves in, being first generation uh quote unquote British people and the uh, the social mobility and the resources available to us, we should do more to use those resources to try and bridge the gap between here and Africa and also to build up our home nations in any way, shape or form that we can. But you know, just what I was saying to you off air was that we also find ourselves in a very very capitalist society where you know we want to clothe and feed ourselves before we can do anything else you know and i'm sure like you know we all do our bit and we, you know when we go back home whenever we go back home and stuff we try and go back with you know things and stuff like that but ultimately bro is i think ultimately what needs to happen i think in the next generation or in the next couple of de- in the next decades is that we go back and give our best years to the continent and that's that's ultimately where it is we give our best years so our 20s to our 40s we go back and we do shit on the continent like actively do shit and i'm gonna have to talk about charity because i feel like that's another conversation but i feel like Africa is investment charity is one thing definitely but investment and investment of time as well Right. So I
1: definitely think we have to give that. That's, that's probably the next thing, bro. 100%, like, a good 10-year infrastructure plan would be amazing. You know, just getting those kind of infrastructures on without having to rely on loans from from, eight, from, like, from anyone like that are going to cause payments that are going to be pretty much impossible to pay back just so that people can capture it. Like, no, we don't need that. We need actual direct investment from within ourselves as we are amassing as we start to pretty much extract these resources back from the criminalizer, is a, we need to start looking at how we can really reroute it and maximize the resources that we have natively, one hundred percent and um and yeah, it's a good place to start the conversation, although we do hope that members of the FBA reconcile and um awaken to see the bigger picture, as opposed to seeing their brothers and sisters as threats to their own existence, which I could understand, having them gone through the whole kind of American system, I could see why that self-hate may project. But let's use the internet to emancipate us and not bring us down. You know, and yeah, the music therefore made us do that.